Hey there, boys and girls. It's Ralph Garman, and you're listening to Talking Codswallop. Good choice. Hello, everybody. This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Man. You might know me from the Tell Him Steve Day podcast and the I Sell Comics podcast. Listen, I love podcasting. I love talking, but what I really love doing is talking codswallop. Hey, I'm Alicia Witt. I'm Daniel Portman from Game of Thrones. I play Podrick Payne. I'm Ellipses, and you're listening to the talking... Okay, I'm Mark Bernard, and you're listening to the Talking Codswallop podcast. Hey, man, it's Kevin Smith. Silent Bob, whose voice you were never used to hearing in the 90s until I started opening it up, man. And that's because I'm a podcaster and you're listening to a podcast. Talking Cod Swallow, right here, man. this week's Talking Codswallop. I am Gemma. With me today, I've got a very, very special guest. I found out about him probably December, I think, last year. And yes, he's taken the internet by storm, basically. Kind of man that you would like to appear when you go, Candyman, Candyman, Candyman. (laughs) Please welcome Dave King, from Sticky. <laughs> hey, Gemma, how are you? Thanks for the opportunity. I really thank you. Thank you. You're, you're absolutely welcome. And thank you also for, you know, giving up your time for this as well. So, you know, it really does mean a lot to me. So, oh, look, it actually snuck me out of work 10 minutes early. So I'm not, I'm not going to complain. Oh, even better. Even better. <laughs> I mean, you know, you are the boss. So, <laughs> I am the boss. You'd think it'd work. It would work out like that more often, but uh, not at the moment. No, yeah, exactly. But that also kind of screams to me that you're a fair boss, so that's good. Uh, I like to think I'm fairly fair and even keeled. I don't know. I have my days. We all have our days. I think I I, I try to be um, involved and more more lead by example than anything else. So hopefully that comes across. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it comes across in your videos that you're highly respected by your, uh, you know, your staff, your 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 family. Well, you kind of feel like a family on your videos. So, you know. Look, the shop feels like that a little bit. Uh, they are an incredible team. And I think, you know, I've, I've become in some ways a little bit of a public face of it. But the work they put in and what they do, not just in terms of what they do on the live feeds, but what they do... Uh, around the social media, the effort they put in—not just Annabelle and I, but Lily and and all the guys—what they what they do is quite extraordinary. Yes, it is. It's absolutely amazing. So, and very very entertaining as well. But we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit. So I'm kind of yes, yes. <laughs> so for any of the because you call your your fan base sticky weirdos, don't you? Uh, yes, it, it just evolved. I was originally I was. When we first started getting an online presence, I was kind of inundated with friend requests on Facebook, and I thought it was kind of important to keep some part of my digital life um, separate. So I started a – I actually just found out you can have a, a group on Facebook, and um, we called it Sticky Friends, and um, they weren't originally the weirdos, but it, it was just something evolved. Someone asked me one day on, on one of the lives, why is your web- website always out of stock? And I just stood for the fiftieth time, and I just kind of said, 
because your weirdo nut jobs just keep buying it all. <laughs> and, <laughs> and instead of being offended, everybody just kind of leapt on board with it and took it in the spirit with which it was meant and uh, have now adopted it. So, yes, I, I get sent T-shirts that say King of the Weirdos, <laughs> which is it's actually really lovely. There, It's such an incredible community. Yes, yes, that is amazing because for our listeners of the podcast, because um, obviously we're called Talking Codswallop, um, you use word codswallop in Australia, don't you? Sure do. It's one of the reasons I was attracted to your podcast, to be honest, because that's about all I do is talk codswallop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if we have to be PG, but you can swear if you want to. But yeah, that's fine. But um, And I'd never never say that to an Australian. <laughs> no, just, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. We'll see how we go. A <laughs> little less of the C if that's okay, but that's all right. <laughs> no worries. I'll, I'll stop well before then. Yeah, no, that's cool. But um, yeah, our listener base are actually called the Salty Tab Podcast. The salty tadpoles. Okay, I like it. Yeah, but you know, kind of if you if you look deep into it, it's kind of like we're calling our listener base the sperm. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, but I'm uh, sure there's a deep meaning in there somewhere that I I won't delve too too closely. <laughs> but again, like the weirdos, they've kind of accepted that that that's their name. They love it, you know. Well, the majority of them do. Some are tadpoles, some are just listeners. <laughs> We're very laid back. We don't care, you know, what you prefer to be called or whatever. But uh yeah, they are. They're our family as well. So, you know. Look, it's it's when when someone can um I, I do worry quite often about how the how sense of humor or how humor has is in some ways kind of being sucked out of the world at the moment. So yeah. for, for, for you and for your audience and for me and mine, that that there is that opportunity to maybe not take yourself quite so seriously, I think it's I think it's vital. Yes. Yes, definitely. And uh, anybody who knows me knows that I don't take my life too – well, I take life seriously, but I don't take this podcast too seriously. You know, I kind of um, – we're always here for a laugh, you know. Good. Real Good. real life does get involved sometimes, but you know that's it. Anyway, I'm not here to promote my podcast. Sorry, I do apologise. I'm getting off. No, no, no. <laughs> but although, if any uh, anybody wants to subscribe, please do so. <laughs> please like and subscribe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah, so you basically, I'd like to find out about first of all your sort of let's start from the beginning your origin origin story um how did it all begin okay uh um i won't, I won't go all the way back i'm australian no, you... obviously born and bred um yeah. uh did very did well at high school and then did poorly at high school and worked for a few years went to university at about 23 on a mature age entry kind of thing and and got into law so spent 6 years working uh, part-time to pay my way through uh, a law degree and an arts degree and then went to work for a, a large uh, legal firm here in Sydney, um, one of the top three legal firms in Sydney doing sort of competition law, mergers and acquisitions, uh, some commercial litigation uh, and didn't think that that was <clears throat> actually quite enjoyed the work and really loved the people but when I looked around myself and saw the pathway I didn't think that was what I wanted to do full-time and I'd always had a kind of vision of, of running my own business so I actually saw through my brother but saw someone doing something similar to what we do now um, I just thought I could do it for a, a little bit 
more sophisticated for a, a modern audience, uh, focus on some of the customized stuff uh, and do it with a, with slightly more of a modern kind of flair. So yeah. started the business. We started in December 2001, so that's going to make us 20 years old pretty soon. Ooh. Um, and it had lots of ups and downs. You know, we, we over the last 12 months we've become – uh, we like we have a presence that way at, way exceeds the size of our actual business, um, but it was a twenty year process. We we have uh, we kind of expanded in Australia. Then uh, when the global financial crisis hit, we were forced to contract in two thousand seven two thousand eight. We were forced to contract here, but uh, found some opportunities to develop what we do in other countries. So. Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Indonesia, Cambodia, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, United States, um, sort of develop business partners and franchisees around the world. Um, and we're sort of just trundling along into the beginning of 2020 um, when COVID came along. Yes, yes. That is the C word that we can't discuss. No, no, oh, sorry, you can't. that's the C word. <laughs> Damn you, Dave. <laughs> oh, the C bomb, I dropped the C bomb. Everyone said, don't drop the C bomb. Uh, but yes, the, the pandemic came along and yeah. and flattened us. Like, literally, our, our business is located in, you know, the tourist precinct of Sydney. Um, in the rocks, which is sort of almost directly under the Harbour Bridge and the Opera House, and ah, okay. Uh, so our retail business was almost almost entirely domestic and international travellers, um, and the other part of our business was weddings and and uh, corporate events, and everything just fell off a cliff over the period of about two weeks, to the point where it was it, it was looking it's still desperate in the rocks. There is it's it's like a a zombie movie. It's a ghost town. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. So we were about to pull the doors and just sort of thought we'll have a crack at social media. Well, that's yeah. I think that's the the good decision. And whose sort of idea was it, first of all, to do social media, or is it yourself? Oh, everybody's <laughs> claiming that it was my idea. Um, <laughs> it was a, it was a conversation between uh, Lily, who is our longest serving staff member at the time. Uh, the, the business had been reduced to just three of us, um, myself and Lily and a young guy, Nick. Yep. Um, uh, and we were all standing around talking about it. Uh, we've always had a, not a devoted, we've never spent a lot of time on social media, but we've had a small and not insignificant Facebook following and Instagram following um, and certainly enough numbers to go live. So we just kind of put a phone and rested up against the glass and, thought let's try and maybe leverage some of the theatrical side of what what we do because it is you know what we do is a genuine process there's a there's a craft and an art to it um and maybe maybe we could kind of leverage that into something of a a live stream video presentation so yeah um, so we did we just sort of stuck a phone up against the glass and <laughs> i'd like to say it was all genius, but it was uh, it was more desperation than anything initially. Uh, a lot of hard work's gone into it since, but um, it, it really was just let's we've got nothing to lose, so let's let's see what we can do. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can understand that because, like, obviously, with the with COVID and with the pandemic and everything, well, it's the same thing. But um, you know, it's affected literally every single person on the planet, hasn't it? And it's it's insane. You know, like quite often you you know you hear about all like few years, well, few years ago, many many years ago. In fact, we, we had like mad cow disease and stuff like that and mm-hmm. that was predominant uh, predominantly i think in england or i was quite young at the time so it probably just felt like it was my world so i don't know if it was actually global or whatever but you know that something that only in my lifetime basically is anything this big ever happened you know oh look i'm i'm assuming i'm a fair bit older than you Gemma, but this is unprecedented in my, my lifetime too the, yeah uh, it's it, it's extraordinary and it, look in some ways, for us, um, you know, it hasn't been a blessing. It, it's been terrible all the way through. But what we do, I think, found a place online partly because of the pandemic. In that, yeah, there are a lot of people in very in in dark places and in isolation and looking for something that uh, was genuine, but that wasn't wasn't feeding the outrage machine. And I think that's. I've thought quite a lot about what we do and, and why it resonates with some people. Not everybody, but why it resonates with some people. And it's, um, I think part of it is that it's it's quite whimsical. You know, it's um, it's yeah. unimportant. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not interesting because um, sometimes what we do really is fascinating. But it it's not going to change the world. It's and it's not going to outrage you. And it's it's suitable for little kids and older people who want to watch someone crafting something with their hands and um, and for a lot of people who've been in in very dark places over the last 16 months um, uh, I think it's because of the interactive nature of what we do that we we have someone devoted to reading comments um, we have we have actually made a social side to social media for our business mm. um, I think that's given a whole lot of people and, and certainly they reach out to me and tell me, um, but it's given a whole lot of people an escape from what's a what is, what's a pretty dark world sometimes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I've been quite lucky because I've been working from home during the entire time. So, mm-hmm. in some ways, it's been quite nice. In some ways, it's you know, it's not been nice and whatnot. But yeah, it is nice because like with regards to your videos because i think actually i don't think we've actually explained what you do for anybody who's um not a sticky <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let you come ex- on are there people out there who aren't yeah. <laughs> well the salty tadpoles i'm sure will come over because they're amazing um <laughs> but yeah so you you and your team um well in england we call it sticker it's kind of stick rock. of rock yeah yeah um, so basically your, your videos are kind of showing everybody how, how the process is made, um, which yeah. is absolutely fascinating. And yes, uh, what, what we do is really quite traditional in a lot of ways. It's not, um, it's not complicated in terms of recipe and it, it dates back quite a long way in Northern Europe, but particularly those English seaside towns, Blackpool and Brighton. And way traditionally where I'm from. A, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just about everywhere, I think, but it, there's a there's a long tradition of of rock candy with letters in the middle. Ours is a bit different. We don't make sticks. Uh, my experience with sticks is you get a quarter of the way in and it's sticky and disgusting, and you don't want to eat yeah. it. And, um, so we kind of cut them into what we call lollies here in Australia, which mm-hmm. is any little bite sized sweet, like jelly babies, or we would call a lolly. 
Um, and then we've ta- but we've taken what we've taken that, which is quite a traditional thing, but we do all sorts of Pokemon designs and and uh, I don't I don't know that the, the list is endless. You know, cocktail cocktail inspired drinks designs and and fruits and all sorts anything we can really come up with on a weekly basis. Uh, to well, we, what we're doing is sculpting with sugar. So yeah, it's quite they it's it's quite a mesmerizing process because we start with something really big and hot and uh, it turns into something quite delicate and small and beautiful. So um, yes, that's what what we do is essentially rock candy, but it's it's sort of it's, it's taken to a slightly different place than traditionally it's been taken to. Yeah, yeah, which is good. And it's also like with your you know obviously watching your videos and things as well. It's kind of like. You never a hundred. You know, you you are pretty sure that everything's going to work out, but there are times when you think, "Oh, I'm not sure." You know, if it's maybe like your first time doing it or whatever, you're not a hundred percent sure if it has, you know, accurately worked. Like the one you did with the mosquito, right? Yeah. yeah. Look, no, we're, you're actually never sure, and and but even with letters, it's 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 remarkably easy to put a letter on backwards that you don't notice till the very end. Yeah. Uh, and often often you're designing something with a pretty clear vision of where you want to go and the two-dimensional image that you're trying to construct in three dimensions with sugar but it's um you're never entirely sure and and one of the interesting things about going live and for a while I was it freaked me out is you know you can always drop candy off the table I've dropped pikachu's eyes off the table or but sometimes <laughs> some of those moments those human moments of um of hopelessness uh, are some of the best moments you get. You know, so I, I don't think anybody expects us to be perfect, which is what's quite nice about it. It's uh, there's a thing about being live that is instantaneous and spontaneous, and you can't go back and edit the tape. Um, but yep. I think that makes us more human as we do it too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's like if you can, you know, like if those situations happen and you, okay, yeah, you're probably going to be like, oh. Bum, you know that kind of thing happens. I'm keeping it a little bit PG, sort of thing. But you know, old bum. Yeah. But uh, you know, at the same time, it's something like you said that you can laugh at, and you know that somebody else is going to laugh at. Like you know, it, it's just light-hearted fun, isn't it? It's it is. It's it is. Amazing. Look, I, one of the there's, there are a few people around the place making confectionery and things like that on on uh, social media and YouTube, and and I think what. I, when I think about why ours has resonated the way it has, I think it's it's because there's this combination of not just the process, which is itself sometimes quite mesmerizing and fascinating, but uh, it's the personality that that sort of sits alongside the process. So it's it's the personality of the guys. Uh, you know, wherever you are in the world, you know who these guys are. They have a uniquely kind of Australian self-deprecating. Uh, uh, sense of humour, which I think uh, is is not just nice, but it's attractive, you know. And I think people, I th- a lot of people, tell us they are they are watching the lives as much for the ridiculous banter and stupid yeah. things we say to each other while we work, as they are for the for the process itself. So it's the combination of those two things I think that really bringing out the human in the business and combining it with the process is, is what's worked for us, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, humour always wins, I think. 
So well, yeah, we 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 try not to take ourselves very seriously. You know, the the favorite, the favorite, the best things we do from my perspective are, you know, when we go live from the International Space Station, or, yeah, <laughs> or from Mordor, or and we dress up in costumes and we, you know, we, we try to make, and and you can't do it. It's it's actually quite demanding that kind of stuff and you can't do it all the time but it's it's so satisfying to um <laughs> let yourself go and just be an idiot uh, and and the courage of the guys i work with to let let themselves go and be idiots in front of a, a live audience from around the world is just spectacular those guys are fantastic <laughs> yeah so again like a family you know they're all amazing so <laughs> yeah yeah Oh, not always. Sometimes they're a real pain in the ass. I'm just going to drop the A bomb, but sometimes. But they would say they would say exactly the same thing about me. I have no doubt. Yes, I'm sure. I'm sure they would. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to find out a little bit more about the charity work that you um, you do with Sticky as well. Yeah, look, we've been getting a little bit of um, press coverage and. I think for good reason. What a lot of people want to talk about is um, uh, the success of the business in the middle of a pandemic because it is a, yep. a good business success story in the middle of some pretty dark stories about businesses failing. So, uh, But the, the stuff that's been really satisfying to me is the community that's grown around it, the people who've reached out and said that what we've given them during isolation has been extraordinary and in some cases life-saving but it's also given me you know being handed a completely unexpected platform um you know my brother always always says i i'm an opinion looking for a platform and always have been an opinion looking for a platform <laughs> but being given that and the opportunity to to put some stuff back into the things we really believe in like whether it's um uh, indigenous access uh, to justice and education and health, uh, health and housing, and or um, you know raising funds for Starlight Children's Foundation, or are you okay and mental health issues, or uh, uh, funds for Beirut, or there's, there's countless ways in which we have over the last sort of sixteen months really tried to engage not just ourselves but the community in that as well, to work together towards things as a team. And I think that's given people a sense of belonging as well. So, yes, yes, it's, it's, it has been incredibly satisfying to me. It's not something I ever really thought. I, I've always been fairly outwardly oriented in what I wanted to do and, and giving money to causes where I could. But to be part of, to be able to mobilise X number of people to raise twenty thousand dollars for Starlight in a day is oh, it's yeah. spectacular. I, I can't tell you it's it's it has made me feel um, better about myself and a business and the world. Quite honestly, yeah. That's I mean that's a really spectacular thing. Is this um, in some ways you know social media can be incredibly poisonous and toxic, and I I get death threats and hacked and spammed and but. That's it's such a small percentage of people who are out there that the goodwill of humanity, in my eyes, has been restored a little bit. It's not, it's not ubiquitous. It's not everywhere, but people are generally uh, really kind of lovely. Yes, yeah. I've been amazed. <laughs> but sorry, I have to tiptoe back. You've had death threats. Oh, uh, yeah, but not 
not real ones. <laughs> well, oh, I, don't, okay. I don't know what a re- I, well. I don't know what a real death threat is, but you know, I know where you are. I know where you live. I'm kind. It's the oh, you know, okay. it's the it's the mouth breathing neckbeard sitting in his grandmother's basement who really keyboard you know, warrior. I, yeah, you, you, well, not even so much the the guy, the people with a cause, just the you know the, the guys who want to see the world burn, and it's yeah. You're, you're probably you're familiar with Annabelle, my daughter. Yes. Who is who is 18 um, and who has constructed this extraordinary 4.4 million TikTok around the business at the same time as we've been going live on all these other platforms. Um, but being 18 and, and getting involved in social media to that level was caused me a great deal of concern initially, but... Um, being able to kind of navigate navigate it with her together, yeah. Um, she but she the comments on some of our YouTube videos. We've had a couple of videos that have gone just extraordinarily viral, like 180 million views. Wow! But the comments on some of those about her, about this little 18 year old girl, sometimes they're just vile. But yeah. You know, she's together, being able to do it together, we've, we actually look for them now so that we can laugh at people. And, uh, <laughs> and I think that's kind of the, the, the road you have to take, with, whether it's a death threat or it's just a, a bit of toxic nastiness. I think you have to find a way to laugh at it because it's, not, it's not real. I, I don't ever see them as real. I see them yeah. as, you know, just people looking to agitate. Yes, yes, absolutely. And get attention, really, as well, isn't it? And get attention. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, yeah I'm sorry. So you, oh, sorry. Like you see someone like Ben Shapiro comment on one of your videos, say something really nasty, and you, they're just trolls. They're just they're just online trolls. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right with um, with regards to Annabelle, because obviously you're, you're her dad first, aren't you? So, yeah, you're always going to be protective. Um, yes, I've got I've got a fourteen year old daughter too who's been on a few lives, but she it's not the space she wants to be in at the moment, and I entirely understand that. Um, and Annabelle all the way through has has been given absolutely look. If you want to be in, you're in. If you're not, if you don't, you don't. Um, she's handled both the expectation and the some of the toxicity extraordinarily well. She she earned herself a place at at. At university, doing medical science as she was yeah. doing it, she's she's uh, a clever and, and strong young lady, and I think this experience really has been such a valuable insight to her and to all the guys in the shop, and to me, and to my wife, um, in terms of the power of social media, the reach of social media, but also the you know some of the some of the more um, tricky aspects of it as well, and navigating it together has made it all kind of not just bearable but funny we can laugh at it yes yeah and she's she's also very comical i'm not just saying that because she's your daughter everybody is (laughs) but um yeah i do go (laughs) oh she's a clown yeah yeah. (laughs) um so when you're because obviously you've got a couple of um viewer questions as well um so it's from the oh, sticky yes. weirdos but uh, i've also i'm still on my own questions at the moment but you know yeah, yeah. yeah we'll obviously go through them all um well if we can obviously i don't know if you're on a time scale are you or no 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 i'm, I'm fine you're good okay so two hours from now we'll be finished <laughs> <laughs> maybe not quite <laughs> right, i take it back i take it back no no no, no. it's 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 fine i mean look 
objectively, when I sit outside this story, um, yeah, it's it's extraordinary. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, do, it does make sense, but it, it's still extraordinary. So um, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about it. It's it's objectively, it's it's weird and wonderful. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, have you got any? Because we kind of touched upon it earlier, but have you got any kind of funny mistakes that you can share? Uh, the one that I'm famous for is is making lollies and uh, just kind of drifting off into my own little world and and dropping on the floor a, a crucial element of the design and uh, I think that's that's the one I'm famous for. Whenever whenever they come up, they become a thing for a couple of weeks. The boys start started build. They were having just having a back and forth with somebody in the in the interactive comments on the live and someone they were trying to make. I think they were trying to make something that uh, hotel and and they started making entirely the wrong word because they'd been talking about something entirely different. Um, uh, <laughs> mistake, I, I, they're not actually – they don't end up being mistakes. They end up being part of what we do. So yeah. I don't know. That's what this – I, I it's almost like there's there's too many when designs just don't turn out when you put the eyes in the wrong place when you when you've talked yourself up about the incredible design you're going to do and it looks terrible at the end or <laughs> they'd happen all the time yeah do you still sell them or <laughs> yes we have a wonderful product called mystery mix ah. <laughs> it's a bit of a lucky dip grab bag of uh customized orders that have gone wrong or bits we have left over or designs that just don't cut the mustard and we, we put it all in a bag and, <laughs> and give it a give it a, a name and sell it that way it's still it's the same candy it tastes great it's um exactly uh, but yes yes we, no it doesn't nothing goes to waste that's for sure that's good that's good because uh, yeah because well i was gonna say if i was there but i'm actually diabetic so i, co- I couldn't do this anyway are but, you yeah it's, I, it's next on my list is uh, some sugar-free stuff i haven't I've I've made it before, but it, it hasn't hasn't just hasn't happened yet. No, so, I yeah, I can imagine that, that it wouldn't be that easy to make because it's a bit like my friend once uh, you know one of my podcast hosts. Um, he uh, he jokes because I said that I really wanted people to send me Ferrero Rocher, and he's like, "Yeah, but you're diabetic, so they, all they're going to send is a hazelnut and uh, the <laughs> you know the wafer." <laughs> sugar free, it's not it's not that hard to work with. It doesn't it, it never tastes as good. Sugar, no. sugar is a, a wonderful product if if had in moderation. It's a um, and, it, and and the product we would be using to make it happen, isomalt with an artificial sweetener. Generally, you, you can't eat too much of it because it can cause some pretty serious stomach things. But for people who do have uh, issues with sugar, diabetics, it's it's a it's a good alternative, and I I will be getting onto that as soon as possible. Yeah, which would be good. Um, but yeah, if I was in the shop or if I was making stuff or whatever, I'd probably be going. One for me, one for the pack, one for me. <laughs> I always heard those stories of people who, you know, work in a chocolate factory and could no longer eat chocolate. I, I certainly don't have that that problem. No. There's some lollies I'll never eat again, but there's some whenever I make them, I can't help myself. They're, yeah. They're too good. <laughs> What's your favourite flavour then? It, it does change because we experiment quite a bit. Um I, I tend to go through, you know, a couple of, a few weeks ago we did apricot and coconut together, um, 
which was just fantastic, or pina colada, which I, we'd never done before, which is became my new favorite. But in the end, I keep going back to peppermint. We use a, a natural peppermint oil, and it's, maybe it's just because I'm an old man or something, but the, the peppermint is just awesome. <laughs> yeah, that does sound nice. Um, yeah, anything sort of rhubarb and stuff like that for me is always nice. Okay, rhubarb. See, I, yeah. I, rhubarb and custard I would love to do, but I'm yeah. yet to find a good rhubarb flavor. So I'm constantly on the hunt. If someone out there knows of where to get a good rhubarb flavor, let me know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I might even buy some and I can just have like one a week. <laughs> have one. You can just sneak one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if I'm feeling low, I can have two. <laughs> um, so with regards to your your staff that you have, um, I'm going to – I think I've actually got somebody who has actually asked a similar question, so we might get on, on to this in a minute, but um, – do you, you do you kind of have to be like quite artistic to work for stickies? Uh, no, is no. is the short answer. I think um, it can help. What we do is very physical. I, I'm not sure quite the extent to which that comes through um, on the videos. But if yeah. if you're making seven batches of candy a day. Um, it does. It, it is physically demanding, so a capacity for physical work is really important. Um, yeah. The basics of what we, the, the theory of what we do, is anyone can learn. Uh, some people pick it up really quickly. Some people don't. Uh, some people never get it. Some people don't like it. Um, having having an artistic bent helps, but I think what what matters is is wanting to be good at something. And I, yeah. I, I think if, you, if you're doing it, it doesn't have to be the thing you want to do for the rest of your life, but you know, if, if you're doing it and you want to be good at it and you want to be better at it over time, uh, you will be. You will, like, you'll learn. Um, the, the tricky thing with us as a business now is that as a candy maker, you're kind of expected to be physical and artistic and entertaining at the same time which is mm -hmm. which is pretty tough and, and really what impresses me about all those guys in the shop so much is that they have this capacity to to keep turning up and and doing it and not losing their shit because really you know particularly i don't know if you know but sydney's in pretty serious lockdown at the moment with the delta variant so yeah i, um, I thought you know, those it was. guys yeah, those, those, these my guys are they're going to work and then they're going home and that's that's their life, and to turn up and be pleasant and entertaining even when somebody's insulting you or or telling you how to move the camera or um, it's it's inspired <laughs> it inspires me sometimes with uh, how great they are but. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. There was a long way around to saying you don't have to be artistic. It helps, um, but you do have to be prepared to do some physical work. And if you if you want to be good at it, you can be. Yes. Yeah. That's fine. And you know, with, like I said, we're called talking codswallop for a reason. So you carry mm -hmm. on. <laughs> just just ramble on about all sorts of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, Yes, yes, and and the entertain being entertaining. It's tough, you know. Like, um, it took me ages to actually watch one of the, these videos when we started doing them. Yeah. Um, but I've watched a few, and I I'm kind of watchable. I don't know what it is, but like, I'm, I'm kind of I'm watchable. I'm not 
I'm not a great TV presenter or anything like that, but I um I'm naturally opinionated, which I think helps. But I, <laughs> I don't go for outrage. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's a, the, the perfect candy maker is many many things. Yes, yeah, definitely. And I think because you've all got the Aussie charm as well. You know, it's kind of like I, you, Australians to me have got some form of like charm where you've got the kind of the British sarcasm slightly, but then you've also got the, you know, like laid backness that you kind of, I'm trying to think what it is really, because it's like laid back, but it's kind of like um, cheeky as well, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> I've, I've thought about it quite a bit because of a large portion of our audience is American and, and European. Yeah. Um, I've thought about it quite a bit. I mean, I think there's two things. One is Australia's kind of exotic without being threatening, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's, um, um, but the other one is we don't take ourselves very – like we know that as a people in a country that we're a little bit shit, generally <laughs> speaking. So we don't mind reminding ourselves of that and we don't remind we don't really mind others reminding us of that too. And I do notice that um, uh, people from other countries can get very offended if you say something that sounds uh, you know disrespectful in some way or you, you, and Australians I think because we're so used to you say taking the piss, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so Australians are so used to taking the piss out of each other, we get absolutely surprised when you take the piss out of someone else and and they arc up about it. So yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's one of the things I think that is there's a lot of stuff that's not very endearing about Australians, but that that ability to really not take yourself very seriously and 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 be quite welcoming when someone wants to call you the c word. Uh, it's it's a it is a unique <laughs> national trait, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely, because <laughs> it it kind of is in this country as well. Because you know, at the end of the day, I mean, now that you've just said that you're quite, you know, you, you like taking the piss and that, I can I can easily say that this, you know, Australia is kind of um, the British rejects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the criminals. <laughs> yeah, no, but we see that's what a great origin story that is. So, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, we are we are we are the world's refuse, man. <laughs> we're the people no one else wanted, and that's and we're we're okay with that because look where we live. This country is extraordinary. It's um, uh, it's it's a it's weird because it's a, a big country and a small country at the same time, like really big and yeah, and not many people. Um, it's I, I always say it's a a great country to get out of and a wonderful country to come home to. Um, we are backward in some ways, and we have a lot of a long way to go in in terms of our uh, sophistication around some things. But at the same time, um, the, the people are generally speaking lovely. It's safe. It's it's this. It's a wonderful country. Yeah, it's safe until you look at all of the things that can kill you. <laughs> oh, people people talk about that all the time, but. I don't know. They, they they don't want to have anything to do with you, the snakes and stuff, and they don't they don't hang out in you. I mean, they're spider. Yeah, I don't know. You just it's just part of your life. The ones that freak you out aren't the dangerous ones. It's the the huntsman spider that runs across your windscreen while you're driving, or it's you know it's, yeah. they can startle you. But they, it's so safe. Americans say all the time, "I would never go to Australia because of all the, the deadly creatures." But they've got mountain lions and we don't, and bears, and <laughs> and we don't have we don't have any large predators at all. 
they're all gone. So all we have is is little things. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't want to come near you. They're scared of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you have got drop bears. Well, there's some debate. I did see a story the other day that said there's drop bears. <laughs> um, it is a it is a delicious story. It's one we we love telling tourists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be it'd be nice if it was true, but um, no. Yeah. <laughs> and the hoop snake as well, isn't it? That's the other one. The hoop snake. Oh, Ooh, okay. you're, you're going to educate me now. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know what it is, so but I guess it's just like a. I don't know something, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, I've heard something that uh, Australians like to say, obviously about the drop bears. Um, you know, they're they're extremely vicious, and uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil it if anybody doesn't know what a drop bear is. <laughs> but, uh, but the, the story goes: they're koalas or, or oh, mutated you koalas. It. <laughs> <laughs> mutated koalas that drop from the trees and, and will gouge your eyes out at the first opportunity. But um, <laughs> no. It's, it's terribly so it's just it's weird that that's that's a reputation and it comes from crocodile dundee and and yeah. that and and the crocodile hunter and but it's just such a terribly safe country yeah exactly well in that case then you've made me feel a bit better one day i might come across <laughs> oh man you're missing out if you don't it's, it should be on everyone's bucket list yeah definitely that in new zealand because i want to go and see all the hobbits and stuff and well, new zealand yeah yeah not the real hobbits because i know that they're not actually real but you know the, all the like hobbiton and stuff like that so yeah there, uh, there there are some uh, remarkable similarities between New Zealand and its inhabitants and Mordor and, <laughs> and the world of Middle Earth, but they are different places, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I've got I've got a couple of friends who's actually they're in one's in New Zealand, the other one's in Australia. So it's quite funny because we've got a three person chat with you know like myself in England, you know, and then the other two, and uh, you know, so kind of rivals in some way, but we've all become really good friends. And uh, yeah, the one. The, the kiwi of the group he's uh he's definitely got hairy feet and we're like ooh, <laughs> you really are a hobbit <laughs> yeah that that's definitely a new zealand trait the hairy feet yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah because he was showing us a, anyway I, I shouldn't really get onto this but you know he was showing us a, a oh no let's take the piss out of the new zealanders they just won the olympics so they can they can take it oh okay that's fine I, to be honest i haven't been watching so uh what i i can't I, i'll be honest I don't really care about sport. <laughs> uh, it's been the only thing that's kept me sane for the last two weeks, to be honest. I've loved every minute. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> and that is good to have all different interests. But, you know, go back to my friend's feet. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll have to send me a photo because I'm fascinated now. <laughs> well, basically, he'd, um, you know, it was quite a serious injury, actually, with it involving a chainsaw in his big toe, unfortunately. Didn't didn't cut it off it's all good it's not too graphic but uh it was still quite a bad injury and anyway so he was showing us his like war wound because you know me and my other friend are quite you know we like all that gory stuff and um yeah and the only thing that we noticed we were like oh look at your hairy feet That was the Perhaps thing you we can rely get on friends to make you feel good, can't you? That's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to you. <laughs> so you kind of alluded to the um, franchise part earlier. And with regards to, like, first of all, how did it make you feel that you actually got to, like, franchise your business over different uh, countries? 
Oh no, I I, I loved it. I it was sort of I guess it's something like seeing your um your kid grow up and travel or something mm-hmm. like that. It was uh I mean I've I've always loved travel uh, and spending time in other countries. It was really the only dream or ambition I had when I was younger is just to get out of here and go and see other places. The first trip I had was to India when I was 22 to spent six months sort of just bumming around in India. Um, but that opportunity um, to live everywhere from the United States to Saudi Arabia to mm. Singapore to Cambodia, uh, albeit for shorter or longer periods, um, has, has been probably up there with my biggest delights in the business. Um, because it, it, you don't go there as a tourist. You go there as a as a friend and as a mentor and a yeah. uh, with an in into so many things that the normal traveller might not see when you go there as a business partner or someone or a. Um, so it's it's been absolutely fantastic. I can't tell you, uh, and just the cultural experience of being taken out of your world and dropped in the middle of someone else's yeah it's it's been fantastic yeah yeah i can imagine it has been and because i noticed with a few different um places that you know is are they pretty much sticking to the same sort of flavors and designs as you as you do or do they sort of have the room to kind of do kind of whatever they want to do to a point Oh no! There's there's always difference in Southeast Asia. They love durian. I don't know if you've ever had durian. It's no. called the king of fruits. Okay, it's terrible. It's so bad. The only thing worse <laughs> than the the smell is is the texture, and the only thing worse than the texture is the taste. And if you can manage to get it into your mouth, it's actually illegal on on most airlines. Okay, it's so bad. But you know that's a flavour that's terribly popular in in Malaysia and Singapore. Um, but it's not something we would do here. Yeah. Um, so there's all, there's always that opportunity uh, in in the United States. They might like Dr Pepper, um, whereas here in Australia we do a Musk, which no one else in the world does. So there's always one of the nice things about being small and flexible and artisanal and handcrafted mm. is that you can always experiment. And it's you know we're not we don't have to focus group flavors and we don't have to talk to a marketing team and we don't have to. Um, you can just kind of let you imagination run right and and yeah. i really encourage that in all of whether wherever you've got a sticky shop is to look here's how to do a strawberry you should do strawberry because strawberry's great but um uh, if you can think of something new and different then go for it because that's that if there's a beauty in the business it's that yeah and it's kind of on brand as well isn't it because you're very experimental with your different things so try to be yeah no that and that, that, that that really is is the key and particularly look I, I don't know how long the world will stay vaguely interested in us and what we do, but um, part of the key to that happening is is going to be keeping it uh, a little bit varied and a little bit current and a little bit different all the time. So Kind of fresh um, as well, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's certainly in the lives that's going to be the next challenge for, for what we do is how to make it uh, to, to stick to what we do and what works, but how to um, – expanded a little bit into to bring in different content and different ideas and i've got some ideas how to do that but um, we'll wait and see things to come 
<laughs> well, sounds fantastic. But also, um, I've got a question that's kind of related from the, I don't know why I keep forgetting the word weirdo, sorry, um, from the lovely weirdos, because uh, I keep wanting to say salty tadpoles, so that's why I, I keep hesitating. The natural weirdos. Pardon? Sorry? The natural weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> so, don't, don't, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was going to no, say... No. We keep talking at the same time, Dave. Come on now. <laughs> you go. Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs> um, so Justine has actually asked, bearing in mind the popularity in Europe and the UK, would you consider opening a shop franchise over here? And then she's also added, I'm up for learning how to make lollies. Okay. Uh, look, it's I get asked a lot. Uh, yeah. the, um, at the at the moment, um, it, it's probably not quite one a day, um, but people who are really interested in opening, doing a version of what we do in their country. Uh, yes, as I said, I love traveling, and I, I I think that can definitely be part of what we do. The world isn't um, kind of ready for that, or at least Australia Australia won't let me leave to be honest, at the moment. So it kind of puts a kibosh on it. And the yeah. reason I haven't been working on any of these is the work that I put into making a business happen for someone in another country is actually uh, it's it's quite monumental. Like a lot of time, whether it's legal agreements and manuals and training and negotiation and site design and back and forth about 700 million different things is that you know if, if, if travel is not on the cards and it's not on the cards for some indefinite period of time mm. uh, into the future I, I sim- and, and I simply can't devote the headspace and time necessary to get that deal and that that business off the ground right now yeah so hopefully hopefully it doesn't stay that way for long. Um, but at the moment, I'm kind of pushing all that to one side. Uh, we do have a partner in the United States already. Um, uh, I spent good. a year and a half living in Hollywood or living in Santa Monica, but building a shop in Hollywood. Um, we do have a business partner in the United States, but I'd love to do something in Europe. You were, I, I'm, my father was English and I've been back a couple of times and um, I feel a great affinity for England, except when we're playing cricket. But I feel <laughs> a, a deep affinity. I'd love to do something in Europe. I really would. Italy's probably my favourite place in the world. Oh, stunning! Yeah, uh, well, I've never actually been to Italy. There are there's a lot of places that I need to actually go to, but then also at the same time, there's a lot of places in England that I haven't been to as well. So I'm kind of taking the opportunity at the moment because I can't travel anywhere to actually explore my own country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no. Yeah, England is a, an amazing country. I mean, it's a you know, in Australia has a certain image, but England has this image of being a miserable, wet country off the coast of Europe. Yeah. But it's, it's this parts of England that are just stunning. I can't tell you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm quite nice. It, it, where I live, I live by the seaside, but I also live in the country as well. So I'm in the south, uh, southwest of England. Um, okay. Yeah, so in a in a county called Dorset, and mm-hmm. um, I, I said that very posh. And normally it's Dorset. Dorset. I'm from yeah. Dorset. Okay. Okay. I, I, I gotcha. Yeah, we got Cumbrian yeah. Harvesters down here. We have. Um, <laughs> you do that really well. I, <laughs> Thank I, you, you should do your podcast that way. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, sometimes I do. Sometimes, unfortunately, the words slip out. But I do try to. Um, it's almost like a different persona, so that people can actually understand what I'm saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, you're like you're like a Scottish David Tennant doing an English Doctor Who. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it helps that I'm in customer service as well, so I've automatically got like a slightly posher tone to my voice. And my dad. Oh, look, was, and, uh, oh, I was gonna say, and my dad was Welsh, so um, yeah, okay. I haven't got the full Dorset accent, so that's quite good. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's something I'm I'm pretty conscious of, and I think most Australians are too. Is you know, there's the Australian accent and then there's the way we speak when we're trying to be understood by other people. So yeah, um, I, I think I, I I don't even know. I don't, I don't sound to me like I have an accent, but I'm sure I do. But I know it's not the full-on, you know, hey, yeah, sort of Australian accent <laughs> that um, <laughs> that you hear quite a bit when you're here. Yeah, <laughs> you dingbat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Like he, he, you really don't need consonants at all. Yeah. And he, when you talk proper Australian, you can you can say entire sentences like yeah, 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 and everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, uh, I kind of picked up on most of that. <laughs> yeah, right. You go with that. Yeah. <laughs> it, yes, it's. Uh, I we we recognise how ridiculous it is when you hear it overseas. I remember being in a. Uh, a beer hall in Munich once and hearing some Australian stand up and just go, hey, mate, you can say whatever you like, they can't understand you. Eh? That was the <laughs> ugliest, most awful thing I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> oh, it's still brilliant though. <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, yeah, I did understand what you said then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all heard you, mate. We all knew what you said. <laughs> yeah, Goddamn, and you said down. it loud enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does sound uglier over the Australian accent does sound uglier overseas than it does here. That's for sure. I don't know. I think I think that's your. I think that's your hearing of it. If you know what I mean. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Because I don't. I think that the you know I think the Australian accent's lovely. Um, but then you know, like you said, you don't think that you've got an accent. Obviously, to me, you have got a slight accent. <laughs> And to, but to me, I when I'm talking, I'm like, I haven't really got an accent either. But, you know, obviously you're listening to me and you're probably like... Of course. Yeah, you do. <laughs> of course. You certainly do have an accent, that's for sure. But I, yeah. I did prefer the, dors- the full Dorset. You should go the full Dorset more often. All right. Well, we'll do the rest of the interview in uh, full Dorset, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on to the um we're on to the sticky weirdos questions now. So mm-hmm. some some weirdo called Dave King. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he wrote um Troublemaker. I Such know. A troublemaker. Although I don't know if you saw, but accidentally, and I don't know where I came from with this <laughs> confessions of a podcaster moment, but I uh I called you David Kelly for a little bit. And I was like, I have no idea why <laughs> I knew your name was David King. <laughs> But you called me David Kelly on this podcast. Well, no, 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 no. no. Um, oh. When I when I put up the post on oh, originally, okay. but then I had to, somebody somebody commented saying uh, I can't who remember the hell who it talking? was, but they were like, <laughs> yeah. "Who's David Kelly?" And I was like, yeah. and then I was like, mm. <laughs> he wrote he wrote like all the Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero or something. Did David Kelly? Sounds oh, like there you go name. then. Maybe subconsciously I was thinking of him, but no, I, d- I really don't know where it was coming from, but I must have just been tired when I was typing it or I was listening to the tally and something came up with the word Kelly. <laughs> but anyway. Just had an old timers moment. I have them all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm only 38. <laughs> <laughs> it's old enough, man. Stop there. Don't get any older. That's it. 27. I wish I'd stopped at 27. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually 27 was good. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. 
<laughs> Any back, anyway, back to this um, weirdo, David King. Sorry, yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> um, he asks, how much do you re- uh, how much do you rely on the courage and curious uh, sorry and generosity of the rest of the team? Entirely, entirely. Like one of one of the really interesting things, and the, one of the reasons I think we've succeeded a bit in social media is, um, as I was saying before, the personality. Um, but it's a very hard thing to do for a brand and a business. Uh, to give their employees free reign with something like social media, um, yep. to not micromanage it because it is your brand and it is your public face. Um, but having said that, um, giving that responsibility, sharing that responsibility has not only kind of brought the best out in those guys, but uh, it's given them like an ownership stake. Yeah. And I can't tell you, I rely on it entirely. What what Lily does with, we've, we've kind of divvied it up a little bit. We don't do anything. We don't have anyone external on social. So Lily kind of takes, we, we all share it all, but Lily kind of takes main responsibility for the Instagram, mm-hmm. which is something like 160,000 people now. And, and then I take responsibility for the Facebook and then Annabelle does the TikTok, then we all contribute on the YouTube and um, uh, it that was quite a leap of faith initially, but I'm so glad I did it. Those guys all do an incredible job um, and I rely on uh, their generosity with their time but their, their courage in, in putting themselves out there uh, entirely, entirely. It's a, what a great and insightful question that is. I know. <laughs> um, and the other one I wanted to mention is, is you know, we, we're, everybody is, is playing this really important role, but my wife is the engine room of the whole thing. She's, she's the one who makes sure that the systems work, that, the, that our website integrates with Australia Post, that, that stuff that needs to be done gets done. So if there, if there, if there is a, if there's one individual who makes the entire thing work, it's, it's my wife, Rachel. She's, she doesn't get the recognition she deserves, but she's amazing. Oh, so she's almost like a, the silent background kind of thing. But She's the boss, man. She's yeah. the boss. That's not even a throwaway line or a joke. She's the boss. We all, we all defer to her. I defer to her, but she's, she's, she's the one who, you know, if something doesn't work, she'll tell you why. If something does work, she's probably the reason why it does. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, really good. You do need somebody like that in the team. You do, and it's um, you know people often ask me what's it like to work that closely with your spouse, um, <laughs> and it, it has its challenges for sure. I mean, some nights because we live together, we'll be sitting up late at night talking about work, which is not really healthy for a relationship. But at the same time, uh, the fact that we've been together for as long as we have and, and haven't killed each other is kind of testament to the fact that we we trust each other and we yes. can d- divvy up work pretty well and and that we continue to have a you know we kind of respect what each other does yeah which is lovely and um, which is great um great from a business point of view lovely from a obviously partnership point of view or marriage yeah, it, it, yeah. It, there's certainly some challenges there when you when you live and work together but yeah uh yes when it, if you if you can make it work it, it can be terribly satisfying as well 
Yeah, fantastic. So how many people are actually in your team then? Uh, Ten at the moment. Okay. Um, when when the pandemic arrived in March last year, we had we were down to three. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're back up to ten. I've got some – I have a cunning plan at the moment for uh, expansion and growing, but um, – the lockdown in Sydney is kind of putting a lot of things on hold at the moment. So hopefully we'll, there'll be more of us soon. Is It's about all I can say at the moment. Hopefully there'll be more of us soon, but 10. Yeah, fantastic. Perfect round number because I like even numbers, so that's good. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Good. You got an OCD thing there or is it just a... I don't know. I just prefer even numbers. Just like even numbers. Okay. Yeah. I was I was born 2nd of April, so, you know, 2-4. <laughs> there you go. 2-4. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I actually um, just had my birthday, so. You have. Yes, I did mention. I did mean to say at the beginning here, happy birthday. Thanks, mate. Yeah. 51. <laughs> Pardon? 51. 51. I'm actually really, I'm actually really pleased that uh, this little bit of, you know, it, it, it can't last, but this little bit of notoriety or, or whatever you want to call it has come at a, a, a more mature age for me. It's a much it's a, a much easier thing to navigate at, at when you've got a little bit more maturity. So yes. it's um, worked out well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think anything like this is, yeah. It's sometimes I sort of sit here and I think, oh, I really wish that we had more listeners or salty tapples as i said earlier um but at the same time i kind of love our community that we've got because mm-hmm. i feel like they're all friends and family kind of thing so but you know i'm always happy to for the podcast to expand you know so i can kind of see what you mean from that point of view as- it's it's a really interesting thing about the world these days is there's such a pressure to Scale. It's all anyone talks yeah. about is scale. Is how do I how do I get my app to a billion people, and yeah. how do I dominate the market? In and I'm not sure that it's always either on an individual level or on a society level. I'm not sure it's actually always that helpful to scale everything. Yeah. I think one of the reasons people have responded to us is because we're so dinky. Like we're just we we have this reach on social media that is far far exceeds who we are as a business but i think that the reason for that is because we are small like you you know us you don't you don't people don't even know the brand as much as they know lily and cooper and and miranda and dave and annabelle and rachel and so yeah i think scaling is not always gonna be for the best i don't think no, no, yeah, you're definitely no, 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 yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's such an Australian thing. Yeah, no, nah, mate. Yeah, no, nah. yeah, no. Nah. But no, you're definitely right there. But um, it would, yeah, sort of from a sponsorship point of view, you know, sometimes yes. it's nice to be have a little bit more so you can actually get seen by people, you know, kind of thing. Of course, but, you know, of course. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> well, let's see if we can get you some weirdos on board. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yes, please. Although we have actually, I have actually had a few people subscribe. So thank you ever so much for those people. I really do appreciate it. So yeah, that's nice. (laughs) You were going to share this in the group, yeah? Yes. Yes, I will be. So as long as you're happy for me to do so, of course. (laughs) If if you've managed, if if you're out there and you're listening and you managed to listen to me rabbit on this long, um, jump on board, give it a try, give it a try. I'm a, I'm a podcast fan myself. I listen to podcasts all the time. So. Ah, 
Ah, well, there you go. I got another subscriber then. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and yeah, and you'll be able to hear James as well because James is my co-host, but he's suffering with long COVID at the moment, so he's kind oh, of God. a little bit intermittent with regards to the recording. So that's why he's not here today. Yeah, um, best of luck to him, man. Yeah, he'll he'll get there. He will get there, but um, yeah, it has been a struggle for him. Uh, yeah, normally yeah, I. My- I Normally, I add in like a joke about him here, but you know, when it comes to this, I know he's really struggling. So, yeah, it's not funny. It's not funny. My brother lives in Barcelona, and and he and his husband had it recently. So, I I fully appreciate the the uh, struggle of knowing knowing people who are suffering with it. So, yeah, yeah, it is hard. Um, Anne Marie would like to know, or she says, ask Dave. If he thinks in the future he will need to expand with the insane growth and fame, would he need a bigger shop or maybe a second site to be able to produce more? So you've kind of alluded to that already. So that's why I thought I'd use that. Yes, someone has discovered my cunning plan. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm headed at the moment. I would um, not so much... To exploit it, but I, I'm very conscious at the moment that there's um, a, we we have been disappointed people all over the world for some time now, um, and people in a lot of cases who just want to support us, who just want to reach out, who, who maybe don't even know if they like lollies, but really get something from the from the live stream, so they they kind of want to buy some product to help us, and then they go to the website and it's eternally sold out. So. Um, yes, if I can satisfy some of that and and grow the business a bit, yes. But as I say, uh, everything's on hold at the moment here in Sydney and internationally. But that's that's the next plan. Yeah, I suppose in some ways, okay. Yes, it's on hold, but it means that you've got the time to really think deep about what you want to do next, rather than you know, jumping straight in and not that you probably would jump straight forward into it, but, you know, kind of gives you that breathing time to actually really think about what you want to do next, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes. I've, it's, look, I, I kind of wish things were moving a little bit faster at the moment, but having said yeah. that, um, I'm, I'm fully cognizant that when I look around, not just here in Sydney, but around the world, or in Australia and around the world, we're in such a lucky position. I feel constantly grateful. So continuing to remind myself of that and work towards things without a sense of urgency, with a sense of purpose, but without a sense of urgency, yeah. I think is, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a better place to be than otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I say fantastic quite a lot, and I don't mean it in a sarcastic way, but it comes across. You don't mean fantastic? <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> um, Michelle would like to know, um, what made you and Rachel exchange your previous careers to start Sticky? Um, uh, just looking for something. Well, originally she didn't. When we started the business, uh she was, she's got a PhD in genetics and she was working for Johnson & Johnson okay. as a researcher. Uh, and originally she didn't. We started the business. I, I left my job at the law firm, started the business. Uh, she was doing bits and pieces. Um, and funnily enough, she had a baby nine months to the day after we opened the shop. So um, 
once that happened and she took some time off work and then became more involved and it just it, it kind of evolved for her. Um, I, I know that there are times in her life where she's still disappointed um, because she really does love science. Um, but once you've been at it for a while, it moves so quickly these days, particularly uh, biology and genetics has moved so quickly that, you know, it's hard to get back into Um uh, but it, it's, it's I don't I, I'm not an ambitious person I've never been an ambitious person I don't know if that's helpful or not um, it, it wasn't helpful when I was younger but it's it's probably helpful now that I'm a bit older uh, that, that that doesn't mean I I just I use this term a moment ago but I, I kind of work with purpose when if yeah. I'm going to do something I'll bloody do it as well as I can but I've never had a vision of myself. Uh, in any at, at any particular level of wealth or success, or um, I think part of my my dad died when I was quite young, and he was quite young, so I don't I don't think I ever really thought I'd get old, to be honest. Yeah, it never occurred to me that I would till I got to a couple of years ago. I was, became older than he ever, ever had been, and I thought, oh, I never really thought I'd get here. So. Hmm. Which I can, yeah, I can kind of understand because obviously I, I referenced my dad earlier, but I kind of, I put him in past tense as well because unfortunately my dad passed away as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, you know, that can quite affect your life when you're, uh, when you're on the younger side. I mean, I wasn't. Oh, I was very angry back then. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, um, I wasn't young, young, but, uh, you know, I was, uh, I think it was about 27. So it's almost 10 years ago. So right. I would have been twenty eight. <laughs> right, <laughs> quick that's, math. That's there. still that's, that's, that's young though to lose a parent. It is, and it's, yeah. it certainly makes you ask questions about the meaning of it all. Um, yeah, and yeah. yeah, question everything. But there you go. But then, but that's you know you've got to just learn to move forward and move on with your life, haven't you? Eventually, um, it takes some time, but you have to do it just to put your existence into the world, really, I suppose. Well, in some ways, I think I was, you know, you're never going to say you're lucky to be 13 and lose your, lose your dad. But at the no. same time, uh, it, it's a pretty interesting lesson in life to learn at that young age. And, and then as you grow older, um, it, it, it's you've been given a, a bit of a leg up in terms of dealing with uh, loss and sorrow and, and hardship and and keeping your balance if you've had those experiences early. So yeah, uh, it's a, no, there's no there's not really a silver lining to it. I'm just I'm just saying that you know life 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 offers you lessons all the way through. Yeah, if life gives you lemons, make gin and tonic. That's what we make would say. gin and tonics. <laughs> you know it's gin and tonic o'clock here in Sydney. Oh, <laughs> well, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> Although you know, it's tw- I live by the rule that it's twelve o'clock any somewhere. You know what I mean? It so. is always gin and tonic, gin and tonic time somewhere <laughs> in the world. That is so true. I recently just did dry July, and oh, um, yeah. I've done it the last couple of years to raise some money for people living with and through cancer. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't enjoy it, I don't, but I, th- I think it's once again, I think it's good for me. But I, I do not enjoy dry July. Oh well, that's fair enough. But yeah, it's it's for a good cause. But you know, you can always make um, August a 
completely wet one. <laughs> oh, it's wet already. It's wet already. It's raining here in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's the height of summer in the UK and it's uh, well, it's not raining at the moment, but it has been. It's raining and it's like 14 degrees. We were we were on 30 degrees a couple of weeks ago, which is really hot for us. <laughs> it's like now it's 14 degrees and raining. So it's like, okay, our British summer's gone then. <laughs> 30 degrees. That's where you get all the OAPs dropping off the tree, isn't it? About 30 degrees. A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, a, that's a beautiful afternoon here in Sydney. 30 yes. degrees, perfect. Yeah, I can imagine so. But then at the same time, we haven't got aircon. We only have fans and windows. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can imagine because you, you go up to the like heats of like 50 degrees, don't you? Yeah. Uh, Generally, you'll, there's a few a few days in summer that are up in the the low forties. We don't really hit fifty degrees. I think oh, okay. maybe once in my lifetime. That's not a common thing, but oh. the low forties that's hot enough for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll be coming over in the winter when I come over. <laughs> uh, actually, autumn. 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 Okay. Um, uh, yeah, because spring, because the um, which is like March, April, but the ocean is still warm from summer, but it's not so hot. It's yeah, autumn is perfect. Ah, okay. Thank you. That's a there you go. We got some travel tips there you go, here inside. Well. You got the inside tip. <laughs> go, go to it was in Byron Bay or somewhere on the north coast of New South Wales uh, in autumn when you you can sit in the ocean and it's this perfect. Like you can sit there all day. It's I, I can't rave about it highly enough. Okay. Well, there you go. So next autumn, I'll be over. Right. <laughs> See you then. See you then. <laughs> I'll pop into the shop and say, ah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, I do. It's, it's one of the hardest things in the world is no one comes into the shop. It used to be that kind of interactivity that we have online it used to be just us and customers in the shop talking to them, talking yeah. bullshit to the customers. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm missing that human interaction on a on a face-to-face basis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that has got to be hard when it's something that you're definitely used to. Um, yeah, I'm quite enjoying not being face-to-face with people there. So. <laughs> I that's, well- that's, what Lily, that's what Lily in the shop says. She think I just don't like people. <laughs> I much prefer animals to people, definitely. <laughs> yes, you're not alone there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Julie has asked... Um, have have you or are you surprised by the worldwide interest and business of Sticky um, has produced since the pandemic? Um, have you been taken aback by how the Sticky weirdos have taken you all into their hearts and lives? And has she's got a couple of questions, <laughs> <laughs> but that's all good. Has there been any incidences that have really stood out since taking to social media with your weirdo? So you've kind of kind of touched upon this mm-hmm. question already with, you know, the seedy side of things as well as, you know, obviously the positive side. But if there's anything else to kind of add to it. Uh, I, I uh, was initially terribly surprised and it's still I still have to pinch myself in, in lots of ways. Um, uh, I'm not taken aback by the community that that sticky weirdos have been has has become. I'm I'm kind of inspired by it, and it gives me hope for humanity in lots of ways. Um, the fact that so many people from so many different backgrounds and religions and and um, political persuasions can find a place on the internet of 
support and generosity and 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 interact with each other not always agree but interact with each other civilly and well um, so not taken aback uh, the, the thing that has really resonated with me from the whole experience is some of the personal interactions with people on the other side of the world people who have been not not just struggling but people who have been in really dark places like really dark places who have who I have made personal contact with and uh, it's been very clear they've said it but it's also been very clear to me that uh, in in some some instances we've saved some lives by what we've done yeah quite quite literally not just not just made people smile and stuff because that but that is that is the vast majority of it but um, no I'm quite quite surprised touched uh, and blown away by the fact that uh, what we've done has made a difference I really loved every every bit of charity or awareness thing we've done some of the things we've done around autism um, I don't know if you've seen any of that but um, this this kind of outpouring of love and support and thanks for normalizing something that's often treated really badly. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, that that kind of stuff has has just staggered me, absolutely staggered me. Um, and so much of that has uh, come through that the, the sticky friends Facebook group. I can't I can't tell you. But, and, but more than that, more than just my interaction with them, um, their interaction with each other. Is, is spectacular to see people making genuine friendships over long distances uh, that seem like they have a longevity to them. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is ama- absolutely amazing, isn't it? Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. You know, moving on, but that was obviously very touching, but just moving on so that I don't keep you for too long. Yeah, yeah. There's still no, a few no, no, questions yeah. to go. <laughs> um, so Ginger has asked, what is the most difficult lolly to make? What has been the funniest lolly that you've made? What's the most unusual request of custom orders? <laughs> and how have you managed to stay pos- a positive anchor during the pandemic roller coaster ride? Uh, the kangaroo has generally been the hardest lolly to make because they're so pointy and, and asymmetrical. Um, we used to do the weirdest things we used to do. We used to do a range of adults only. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. That we would sell in brown paper bags under the counter. Um, uh, that We haven't been doing those for a while, but I did used to do little <laughs> rude pictures and sayings and <laughs> things like that. I suppose. Um, they, oh, sorry, I was going to say. I suppose that would be quite good for like. Um, I'm not sure if you call it the hens' nights and bucks' nights and. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say hen do. Yeah, because we call it hen yeah. do over here. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I imagine those would be quite good for those kind of occasions. Oh yeah, there's there's sugar lends itself to some wonderful shapes for something like that. <laughs> just automatically, just <laughs> leaps out at you. It's, like, uh, it's not part. Of, it's not like part a- of. Yeah. Sorry, it's because yes, does it this does. look like a penis? <laughs> yes, it does. But we don't. We can't do that as part of the lives. We're, we're, we're very yes. conscious about keeping um, what we do friendly to everyone as much yeah. as possible. So, um, but yes, that was so. That that's some of the kind of the, the weirdest and most wonderful stuff we've done. <laughs> uh, there was the, the last part of your question though wasn't about candy. It was about. Um, as how how have you managed to be? I'll stay positive. Yeah, so positive, basically. Yeah. 
honestly, I've taken heap of strength from a heap of. I, I wasn't. I, I, to be absolutely honest, when they when we first went broke last year, um, I wasn't. I was I was walking around in a daze, just mm. thinking that's it, it's gone. Um, uh, but having having not not just um, not just saving the business from a financial point of view, but having having the interaction with humans who, as I say, have have kind of reached out to us and told us about the difference they're making in our lives. Uh, it really does help you and keep you, you know, keep you energized, and um, it gives you something to work for, even on those really terrible days where you're like everyone, you know, you have terrible days. I know the staff all has terrible days, and um, but knowing how much some people are getting out of us and what we do makes all that stuff it makes it a lot easier to to smile and, and be positive and it, it's not always easy though it's not always easy when it's easy it's really easy when it's not easy it's pretty tough but yeah that's that's just part of the kind of little niche we found ourselves in so we we try and do it as much as we can and and help people to smile and do something whimsical and unimportant and yeah yeah that's really good, and it's um is that kind of what gets you through sort of the low days and uh, you know in the days when you probably don't really want to make lollies. I don't know if that's ever the case if you ever sort of because I imagine it only, is only <laughs> only days with a Y in them. Only, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it does happen all the time. Uh, look, quite honestly, at least one thing happens every day that. Uh, I'd, I'd, there'll be something in the group. Someone will direct message me. There'll be a, um, I, I don't know. I had a, you know, I was having a really bad morning a couple of mornings ago. I think I'd fought with Rachel and and I got into work and I was in a terrible mood. And someone posted in the group about how their their child on the spec or no, she was a nurse and this this child on the spectrum had come in and wasn't gonna wasn't gonna have his treatment and wasn't gonna have his treatment. And she remembered she had, and but for some reason, this this child. One of one of the things he was fascinated with was emojis. Okay. For some reason, she had a bag of our emoji candy in her bag. This is somewhere in in, in the United States, and uh, she remembered and she ran and grabbed it and she showed it to him and he was just staggered and she said he could have them if he had his treatment and then he was all over it and just couldn't get his treatment fast enough and. But so little something like that generally happens to me once, not every day, but most days something like that happens. And that's, I can't tell you. I teared up. I was, I'm mad enough to admit that I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just stupidly making a difference, you know, not yeah. cleverly or or uh, importantly, but just, just little bits around the edges making a difference. That's, that, that's what makes every day a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And real men cry. So, you know, it's all good. Hell yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> Just for the fun of it sometimes. <laughs> okay, so I've heard a couple of times in the background, I think, so hopefully I'm right, but uh, Dan, Danny has asked, how's Jack? So I'm guessing that's your dog, is it? Uh, Jack's so good. We actually <laughs> um, we had a, a tough experience in the middle of last year when our a cat died. Oh, um, sorry. No, no, no. Look, that's that's life. It's one of those one of the reasons yeah. you have a pet is to help your kids learn those lessons. So, uh, but we we don't, I 
I love cats. They're so delicious and perfect and adorable, but I can't really condone them in a country like Australia because, you know, we've got something like 30 million feral cats wandering around just decimating native populations yeah. of wildlife. So, uh, we, so we got a little dog. So we've got this puppy, and he's a Jack Russell pug cross. Oh, um, that's an interesting one. He's just—he's a jug, and he's <laughs> just magical. I can't tell you when they when they, when they were dishing out cute. He got a lion share of it. He's amazing. Oh, <laughs> another thing that helps make your days better when you come home and get smothered in kisses from a jug. Thanks. Definitely, because um, my mum's boyfriend has got a dog who's called Mr. Socks. Why uh-huh. it's Mr.? Well, it's because he's a boy, obviously. He's a boy. Uh, yeah, and he's got white feet, so that's why he socks. And um, yeah, and they've, you know, they, they, they live with us now, basically. And it's so nice to have a dog in the house. It's like I've been waiting 38 years to have a dog, you know, and it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so oh, I understand what fun. you mean. Yes, cats and dogs are quite different. There's an unconditionalness about a dog that just all it wants to do is be on you or with you or, or it just wants that connection. It's a, it's a delightful relationship that mankind has formed with that animal. So, yes. Yes, he does put a smile on my face. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> maybe we'll, uh, I don't know if you've done it, but maybe we'll see some uh, lollies of him. In the future, haven't hasn't I, I keep we keep threatening to do a fur babies mix, um, and I've been it hasn't happened yet, but it will happen, and I'll, I'll, I'll definitely put Jackie in there if I could. I do post little, I I don't I try not to post pictures of Jackie in, in the group much because it seems like it seems so clickbaity, yes. <laughs> puppy pictures. But having said that, I, I do occasionally succumb to the weakness of look at my little boy. <laughs> super cute yeah the thing is though as well a lot of people actually want to see pictures of puppies and stuff like that as of well of course so. they do yeah. who doesn't want to see that <laughs> <laughs> crazy people that's who crazy don't want people. to see that <laughs> cats cats and dogs yeah 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 Half the internet, it must be half the internet is cats and dogs, surely. Absolutely, yeah. I think that, you know, the the most viewed, like, YouTube channels are probably ones of cats and dogs, to be honest. Of course, of <laughs> yeah. course. Pamela would like to ask, the Sticky Team is an eclectic group of people. I'm curious what I'm curious what Dave or whoever does the hiring looks for when interviewing to end up with such a great uh, crew. Uh, the things I look, my, my experience with hiring people is you cannot tell until someone's been with you for a week whether they're going to be any good or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people present really well on paper and some people present terribly, but then some people you think are going to be fantastic because they interviewed well, they turn out to either hate the job or just not fit in with the culture that you've built. Yeah. So it's impossible to tell. What I look for is someone who's prepared to work physically hard. And that, that kind of excludes quite a few people off the bat because – and that's not a bad thing. Some people want to work in an office or they're more artistically inclined or uh, they, the, the idea of doing something that's a bit more um, blue-collar in a way or something, I guess, really doesn't appeal to some people. And that's mm-hmm. it's absolutely fine. I, I'm not – don't judge anyone for that at all, but I, you're not really going to make much of a candy maker if you if you don't want to spend part of your day sweating hard and lifting things. So yeah. 
uh, I, I look for that uh, job that they've had some kind of job before where they've been challenged in that way really helps me to think well okay you, you probably know what you're getting into a little bit um, and then there's a it's changed a little bit now that I'm kind of looking for people who can maybe perform and, and be comfortable on camera um, but generally it's just have you got a sense of humor are you gonna be our, our big our big thing is if you if you come to the table with any kind of uh, dislike of particular groups or sexualities or genders or religions or yeah. if, you, if you've got anything that, that means you're not going to get on with pretty much everyone and you're not really not going to fit in with the group so uh, uh, and that's that's really what I look for is is are you going to work hard and are you going to play nicely with others that's, that's yeah there's nothing there's nothing deep about it and then and then hopefully we work out soon whether you like it and whether we like you and we can move on or work together for ages that's definitely you know good thing to sort of keep to and it does seem i mean obviously we know the on-camera people and we realize you know for the most part that not every day are people going to be upbeat and bubbly but you do all seem to have quite a good connection you know and all do have very similar sort of personalities and things which so you've done quite a good job at uh, picking your team it sounds like <laughs> i think i think one of the things that works Probably is that we um we in a lot of ways we're quite different, but there's it's just an acceptance that that's um it's all right. You don't have to agree with me. I'm I'm, I'm generally a, a kind of opinionated person, but I don't expect anyone to agree with me when I offer my opinion on anything. I get yeah. I get kind of delighted when they do. It's not, <laughs> not an expectation I have. <laughs> well, that's that's good. That's good, definitely. <laughs> and do you ever sort of fight over what music that you want to play? All the time. Yeah. All good. the time. Yeah, that's they're, they're probably the biggest fights in the shop. Yeah. Lily, Lily's completely devoted to The Cure and, and um, is it kind of New Wave. And yeah. If, if she could, she'd be, she'd be playing Slayer the whole time. She's really Aww. into metal. Yeah, she's um, my kind of girl. <laughs> yeah, whereas I can't, I can't, I just can't take it. <laughs> just, it's yeah. too angry. It's going to make me too angry. <laughs> so yeah, now we fight about music all the time, but everybody gets a turn. Is kind of the deal. I, I play my rubbish, and you can play your rubbish, and so we'll meet somewhere in the middle. Yep, I think. Yep, that's fair enough. Definitely. It's one of the hardest things actually is not being able to play real music on the lives because of copyright issues. Uh, um, yeah. So. Uh, it, it seems like I'd, I'd be more than happy to pay some. I, I currently pay One Music Australia 600 bucks a year to play music in the shop, but that, that won't cover streaming. So if, if I'd quite happily pay another fee to give artists more money and to get some recognition going for them, but it's just not an option. No, that's good. But you do give them the recognition by singing quite a lot, don't you? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> it depends who you. Well, it depends who you talk to. Some people love my singing, and then other people <laughs> really hates my singing. And then, I don't know. Um, but it, it did. I don't know when that became a thing, but it's kind of become a thing. So I throw it in occasionally. I, it's quite hard. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a, a, a natural. I'm not a singer. So yeah. you know, when you get asked to sing something, it's quite daunting. But sometimes it just comes over you, and you just throw it in there. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's certain times, you know, like in life when I'm just saying something and it will just trigger a song and I'll just burst into song, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's where it has to come from for me. Yeah. It, has to be, it has to be just automatic or something. So no uh, no audition to Australia's Got Talent quite yet, but you know, <laughs> still. <laughs> uh, you wait and see. No, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> the album, just wait, I'll wait for the album to drop yeah, well, to be honest, I think you could probably. I don't know if Australia's Got Talent is actually a thing, so I'm just. It's picking, a thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Because um, I was going to say you could, uh, from how quickly you guys can cut the candy, I think you could actually go on there and you know do that and then just cut pre- some candy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the stuff we do. That look, we've we've done some. Annabelle makes these little shorts, little thirty second things, and puts them on YouTube or TikTok of just us cutting candy, and they go mental yeah honestly you know because i've been doing it for 20 years ago you you see yourself turning up in these compilation world's fastest worker videos and yeah what is that how does that work (laughs) but they they are terribly satisfying and they're the ones that you know you end up with 150 million views or something yeah, yeah, which is absolutely insane, isn't it? It's, it's insane. insane to think about how many people, you know what I mean? That uh That's so many people. Yeah. That is, yeah. And um yeah, and also, you know, sometimes when when you, I almost want to kind of see how fast it would be if they're sped up. If you know what I mean? <laughs> Cuz you're so quick, you know what I mean? If you were yes. to speed them up. Yeah, it would actually, yeah. I think would probably turn into a bit of a blur. <laughs> it's it, depending on how he's doing it, it it is it is pretty quick but it becomes it's like everything in life you you know if you spend spend enough time doing something you, you expect to get reasonably good at it so yes you'd be disappointed i'd be disappointed after 19 years if i wasn't reasonably good at it that's for sure yeah yeah definitely yes yes you big disappointment otherwise <laughs> <laughs> and we've actually got to the last question from the weirdos okay. so because um there's a couple of people's questions which i haven't asked but because you've covered their answer you know you've Probably, covered their yeah. sort of things throughout um but trisha would like to know if you could travel anywhere in the world including underwater where would it be and why and i love this question because it's kind of my kind of question <laughs> okay uh it wouldn't be underwater <laughs> to be quite honest um okay. uh it it does change day to day um if you were to ask me today there's a a little island off the east coast of thailand called kopangyan okay and i could quite happily spend two weeks in a little hut on that on that island right now if that that's that's my answer today but then on another day uh i i could say something like i i've i've got a pa- i really want to go to nepal i really want to i don't need to climb everest i don't need to do any of that but i really want to go walking in nepal so i don't know it, it, there's so many places i'd love to see machu picchu i'd love to actually I, I i lived in america for a year and a half but i never got to travel so never got to drive around um Europe. I haven't been to Europe for years, and doing uh, Italy and France and and England and Scotland. I'd love to go to Scotland. I, I honestly, I could just list every country in the world. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean southern India, Kerala, the the backwater boat trip in southern India. Oh, not everywhere, everywhere. 
<laughs> See, because to me, India's personally never sort of appeared on my radar. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. I've my friend. My friend was in India for a while. She was doing like a, she was like a tour guide, uh-huh. and um, she'd like tell me about all the, um, the amazing but also the weird side of uh, you know India kind of oh, thing where they oh it has both yeah, yeah poo in the street and things like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. took a, it, when I was younger, and I spent six months there. It took a month before I liked it at all. Yeah. And then when it was over, I, I really didn't want to leave. It's it changes the way it changes the way you think about humans because it's it's a completely different kind of um, community and quantity. Just the quantity of people um, and the way they organize their relationships and stuff it's um it puts so many things in perspective particularly coming from a, a country as sparsely populated as australia it's uh it, it really is a perspective changer yeah yeah definitely so yeah so we're gonna have to make a bucket list of places to visit then it seems like or i will well, yeah <laughs> there, are, there are 205 countries appearing at the olympics and i could i'd, I'd love to i did work when i, when I was in america i worked with a, a guy who uh, made quite a lot of money in outdoor advertising, but he'd he'd made a mission to visit every country on earth, and I think he'd come pretty close. He was, you know, he'd been to places like North Korea and um, some very strange places. So it'd be quite nice to make that your your task towards the end of your life. I don't know; it's probably too much once you get to that age. But. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that. But yeah, it's like some people leave stuff until retirement or whatever i think it's important to do the the trips beforehand isn't it so absolutely yes no no you did any opportunity to travel travels travels the source travels the best thing you can do um you know experiencing what it's like to live in saudi arabia was a complete eye-opener to me and it changes it changes your uh, respect for other people and your respect for yourself too or every opportunity to travel everyone yeah that sounds like a that Sounds like a good way to kind of end this episode, to be honest. But before we do, um, I just wanted to say, could you give us your social media so that people that actually don't know about Sticky, obviously they found out about it throughout this episode, hopefully. But um, I think we've covered quite a lot. Um, But yeah, if you could give the social media so that people can uh, follow you. Yeah, sure. Uh, On uh, Facebook and Instagram, it's just Sticky Lollies, S-T-I-C-K-Y. L-O-L-L-I-E-S, Sticky Lollies, or one word. Yeah. Uh, on TikTok, we're Sticky Australia. Um, and then on YouTube, we're Sticky Sydney. Fantastic. Well, thank you ever so much for this opportunity, Dave. It's really no, been... Thanks, Gemma. I've enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, I really have as well because, you know, because I hadn't been there from sort of you know the the day one of their lives and whatnot and i haven't I haven't watched all of the videos but i have watched quite a lot of them and uh <laughs> yeah so don't worry it's not just i saw one and then i'm doing this <laughs> no no, no I, honestly i can't believe anyone would watch more than one <laughs> but then I, like i really get it i do get why people like it it's yeah. it, it makes complete sense to me but it's I'm, I'm constantly delighted and surprised yes which is amazing so in that case, then, I think that we've been talking enough Cod's Wallop this week. I have been Gemma. I've been David. 
You sure have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, look, thanks for the opportunity, Gemma. It's a, I, I, objectively, it's a crazy story, so it's, it's nice to be able to tell it. So cheers. <laughs>